This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, A People's History premieres May 9th, streaming on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Osea with skincare sets for Mother's Day in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOM. You remember that, what was it, a cartoon, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Let's see. I've I've heard this name before, but... It was, I think it was a cartoon. It was animated or something. It was like you had to figure out where this cartoon character was. It was like a way to teach kids geography. That's what it feels like to keep up with you these days, Anna. You were in Mexico City... <laughs> Well, you were in Southern California, Mexico City. You and City. everyone else has been saying that, Felix, I must say. And then you were back in Southern California. I know you have a trip to Colombia planned. Okay, now, so where are you now? Let me let me pull my map out and put a pin in where you are now and add to the collection. <laughs> where are you? So currently, I'm at my sister's place in Oakland, which is actually a revisit. Well, let's just consider uh, her apartment the one of the alt-Latino production Remote facilities. How's that? You hear that, Lena? You're an all-Latino remote production facility. (laughs) Okay, so let's revisit some of those pins. Let's go back to Mexico City because we're going to present an interview today that you did while you were there. excited about this one, Felix. I was able to sit down with Guatemalan experimental cellist Mabe Frati in Mexico City with me. It's going to be great. like the type of artist that like anytime you try to predict where she's going next you're wrong it's really just in the moment what feels right what feels like the flow and when you talk about these things you're settling into my world right the whole jazz improvisation thing the free form like improvisation thing the grateful dead improvisation thing and she starts your conversation with that talking about that very specific thing the difference between what she does on her CDs and what she does live. Let's check out that interview right now. Wait, Felix, you forgot to tell everyone who we are. Oh, that's right. From NPR Music, I'm Felix Contreras. And I'm Ana Maria Sayer. This is all Latino. Let the chisme begin. For an artist like you who is so experimental, I feel like a live show is in and of itself its own body of work, right? Like it's so different from the recorded version. Definitely. And it also saves you from the boredom that it comes with (laughs) touring. (laughs) Yes, yes. You know, but like we are are constantly trying to find something to have fun with and enjoy because we always enjoy it. You said something once about like you, you something around along the lines of you don't need an instrument 
to be a part of the improvisation. I think that when you are in the same room playing music with other people, mm -hmm. it's like when you are with the speakers in your house that you kind of feel the spirit of mm -hmm. the sound and you engage with it somehow. Mm -hmm. um, and when it's a concert and all eyes supposedly are focused on you, I know that, of course, there's a lot of things in play, but kind of it's like an event for that, right? right. I feel that the expector, like the spectator, yeah, the spectator, uh -huh. the spectator, they are somehow part of it, and you can feel the energy. And of course, I, I believe that somehow there's like an exchange of that energy. And if you are improv improvising, you are very affected by it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's the way that I could feel that I relate to that, you mm -hmm. know, for not having an instrument. <laughs> How does it feel specifically to have that experience, that engagement with the audience in Mexico City? I feel very lucky that I think that I landed in a very nice place. Like, I don't know, I feel that I have a good connection with the people and here. Mm -hmm. And maybe it has to do with the language and it has to do with somehow like a common experience of not being so far away in the map or... I don't know. There's like something special here. I feel something special here. And I'm yeah. very thankful that I ended up in the right place. You know, yeah. it's hard to find that as well. Absolutely. Sorry, absolutely. I yeah. just don't, I don't know. Yeah, because I, I absolutely think that the city has a unique energy, but also one that is very universal because you have so many voices. Like you said, it's it's very Latino. It's mm. very like you have so many voices from all over yeah. the Americas. No, it's a yeah. really unique space that yeah I feel like like it's like a center mm -hmm. like a very powerful center of like it maybe it has to do with the position in the map as well right mm -hmm. because I feel that Brazil is also or Argentina is also like a big cultural center for mm -hmm. the Latin voices but yeah it's so different Do you feel like your music, like what you were saying, there's kind of a unique energy and a unique culture, a unique humor that you kind of share with the people here. Do you feel like your music carries that? Like it, you can feel that in your music? Oh, I don't know. I feel that my personality is way more chaotic mm -hmm. than my music, which is more solemn. It, feel, it kind of feels solemn, but I think it's becoming more playful. When you mention like humor, I'm like, I don't feel people laugh with me on my music, you know? Like, they are more like, I cried and stuff, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. 
the energy of my music comes more with the baggage of my past that mm -hmm. is going to church or listening a lot of classical music in my house with mm -hmm. only or it was either Christian music or classic music. Mm -hmm. I think I kind of mixed those, mm -hmm. you know, um, the feeling of, you know, like connecting with the divine or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because I think as we're talking about like what is distinctly Latino feeling about here and about your music, that's another huge piece of it is many of us grew up mm. with like a religious component yeah you know religious families whatever it might be yeah. and you're actually not the first musician I've spoken to here that has said my growing up my musical digest was Christian and Catholic or <laughs> Christian and classical yeah. which is like doesn't feel very creative <laughs> in a way like it doesn't you know you expect to talk to someone especially someone like you who's uh, very experimental who plays with all kinds of uh, genres and sounds and you're like expecting oh I had this digest of rock in espanol and you know jazz and like maybe even some electronic I don't know right yeah, like yeah, so yeah. many things and you're like no like Christian yeah. and classical have you heard of that more here? yes no. I have oh, wow that's crazy I have yeah well that Can was yeah <laughs> You're like, I need to talk God, with this yeah, person. Yeah. We can talk about the, the therapy and everything. Uh-huh, you know? yeah. Um, oh, I understand. <laughs> I think it's a matter of digestion, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, um, how you process that information, you know? Like, the following years of your life. And and I feel that it's more even, like, in even in the um, America in general, you mm -hmm. know? Like, I feel that there's also so many people in the U.S. or Canada that... It's more like satanic music mm -hmm. is whatever thing that is not Christian, right? And mm -hmm. yeah, so um, yeah, I feel that I digested it like after I feel that I questioned myself enough. And those are tools that my parents gave me that came around, you know, like mm -hmm. because I ended up being satanic. But yeah, I digested it. In a way, and I kept my, I was interested in music in general, so I feel that it all ended up kind of well. Ah. <laughs> I think it did. I think that's fair to say. But it is interesting because, I mean, I think, you know, with experimental music, in a way, a lot of what it is is you is you giving up control in some ways of, of the music. It's it's you literally offering up your sound, your song as, as a blank canvas for other people to kind of create on. And so it's interesting to me right. when you grew up in a space with so much structure and such structured music being kind of what you were listening to and also just like right. things being controlled. Like what do you, what, how did you end up where you ended up now? Like with your sound? Yeah. I feel that it has to do a lot with really like becoming a teenager and, you know, like rebelling and mm -hmm. 
yeah, like I feel that also um, growing a lot of admiration towards all the other things that weren't structured and controlled, you know, like it, not, not necessarily music, but in general, life in general, I mm -hmm. believe that that rebellion kind of sparked somehow. I feel that my curiosity expanded and brought me to where I am. And still I feel that I'm not as much as an expert like other people that are great experimentators and have great ideas and improvise mm -hmm. amazingly. You know, like I always feel that auto-sabotage syndrome, like a... Uh, yeah, 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 like an imposter, imposter syndrome. Yeah, I was like, imposter. what even yeah, is that in yeah, English? Imposter, imposter syndrome. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I think that's very normal in artists in general. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Growing up in, in the way that your music was received when you first started making it, I mean, did your family set you up so that you were comfortable leaving things open-ended in the way that you do with your music? Or are they the opposite? They're like cerrados, like, yeah. you know. So I, yeah, they were like, no, you are not going to play music. That's not money. That's not going to make money and everything. And what's your music like? Is your music, no, like, what is the noise? Uh -huh. This noisy music, like, mm -hmm. it's weird music, you know? Mm -hmm. I think I was very... Um, insistent like of course I studied so a little bit but I ended up uh, quitting uh, how is it that you say dropping out dropping out <laughs> dropping out is the these term. are important uh, terms in English I know word. I know and I know it I just forget no, it no yeah. I'm just like I love it's like dropping out dropping. imposter syndrome yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> these are the themes <laughs> yes it's like refreshing you're refreshing um <laughs> Yeah, my parents were first very skeptical, but then I ended. I started to have like residencies and more opportunities, and I started to move from their house to Antigua, Guatemala, mm -hmm. and I becoming waitress there, selling books and playing blues and playing cello with very like magical uh, how do you say pueblo magico uh -huh. like this like very traditional um, hispanic old buildings you yeah. know like yeah. so there's like aesthetic in these places that are, that is very traditional like you play blues you play uh -huh. reggae you play funk you play you know um yeah so this kind of energy uh -huh. but like being cellist of many things yeah. um ended up here in a residency and they were like, ah, okay, like, she's not doing that bad. And so mm. I was like, wow, it's such an amazing place. And all the energy, all the creative energy, knowing some people from noise scene, improvisation scene. And I was like, this is crazy energy. Like, I, I love it. I met some people in this residency that I started to make 
music again when I came here and they gave me keys to their studio. So I came into their studio like at any time, mm-hmm. you know. And how did your music begin to shift when you came here? Because, I mean, yeah. the energy here is very different from Antigua. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm from Guatemala City as well. Because in Antigua, it was like, you know, very, like, I, I couldn't stand that energy. Like, no. I was... It's not my energy. Like, I I feel people like it. Some people like it. But I feel that for me it was like, this city doesn't. is very cyclical. Like, people come to go. People come to, to live, you know? Like, it's, mm. it's yeah, it became like a city that is just for see the volcano, see the churches, and you leave, you know? There's no mm. growth. Like, well, maybe there is, but for you, there no. is more. I, yeah, and I didn't small. feel it. Yeah. You can't feel it. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, exactly. Here, yeah. I mean, things are shifting every... Mm. every five seconds it's like the city's new I think I like that saturation like I feel that I like it like the saturation of information Mm. there are times that I'm like oh no I have to go live in the mountains and stuff but it's pretty rewarding to be the energy is very very beautiful Mm. you know yeah Mm yeah yeah, it's interesting to me too because your music is so susceptible Mm, I think yeah, yeah, susceptible to you know like I said you're leaving it open ended you're allowing other people to finish it yeah and in a city that's constantly changing I mean do you feel as though your music ebbs and flows with the city I feel it ebbs and flows with um, I cannot pinpoint precisely how the city reflects but I feel that for me one of the beautiful things about the city is how it's not perfect, you know? It, and it's not extremely organized and it's not super clean and everything is, you know? Like I feel a, I feel that I like this chaos and I feel that that is a little bit like reflected in my music and that definitely came with me moving here, you know? And mm-hmm. appreciating the raw qualities of things, you know? Like, yeah, I think I like that aesthetic a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the, the one that is like, you know, like when you see things very clearly, they are very imperfect. So I really like that aesthetic. We'll be back to Ana's interview with Mame Frati right after this break. Do you ever wish you could get your stories in three hours rather than three minutes? Or maybe you're sick of doom scrolling, getting your news in bits and pieces. That is where Embedded comes in. We bring you documentary series that will change the way you think about things. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from Carvana. On a mission to make car buying more convenient and affordable than ever before. In minutes, you can browse thousands of options under $20,000. Visit Carvana.com or download the app today to get started. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR.
from your car radio to your smart speaker. NPR meets you where you are in a lot of different ways. Now we're in your pocket. Download the NPR app today. Taylor Swift has dropped a new album. She is the biggest pop star in the world, and everything she does makes news. I gasped. I was like, oh my God, I've been there, and you can identify with it. For a breakdown of Taylor Swift and her new album, The Tortured Poets Department, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. So what what do you think draws you to the imperfect? There's so many things right now aiming towards the extremely synthetic, you know, mm-hmm. or like the cleanliness of everything. Or, And of course, there's so many people that think as I do. Um, but I feel that it's a very human thing, you know, and, uh, and I really appreciate to see those cracks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, a, like an acceptance of the reality of things, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that something you feel you've always been drawn to? No. No, no, no. I think it started a little bit around these times that I have been living here. Or, yeah. well, maybe not. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, the previous things that I liked that maybe I didn't realize that they have that characteristic. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I've, I have felt it a little bit, but here I kind of, like, put it into words or put it into, realize it, right. you know? It's almost like, did the city create a love of imperfection for you or is it that the city made you feel comfortable enough to love imperfection maybe maybe yes it's hard to say if that exactly was the thing you know but Mm -hmm. I definitely appreciate that Mm -hmm. from the city yeah yeah I feel as though I can definitely sense that that draw in your music because I mean honestly listening to it like there are moments of legitimate discomfort you know, yes. like you listen to a lot of different songs. You listen to, let's say, a Christian song, for example. Mm-hmm. And like the whole thing is created for moments of satisfaction, right? Like it's like, oh, like that sounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, oh, the way that chord just perfect. Yeah. Like everything is just like, oh, para sentir. Like uh-huh. it's all just and and listening to your music. Like there's so many moments of, oh, like those sounds are not supposed to do that together. <laughs> and I, I'm curious, like. Mm. Do you like sitting in that discomfort? Do you, how do you lead your audience through that discomfort? Like, do you feel, do you sense that? I really, yeah, I like, I feel that it's a matter of dosage, you uh-huh. know, because I, I think that I like to push and pull, you know, like create this, like, because it's kind of the classical and cliche thing that not always things are perfect, you know, and mm-hmm. I like to balance those and I try to go to extremes, you know, especially go to extremes with the other end because it's harder to know how to balance things that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. How, how do you balance those energies? And I like yeah. to play with that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's funny because now that I play with more people, they are always feeling something different about that discomfort, you know? Mm. Like they are like, no, this part should last longer or it should be like this. Or, and I'm like, no, it feels different. Like for me, it feels different. Mm-hmm. And, it's funny to play with those energies.
who are you making your music for? Oh, yeah, I, I, it's a good question. I think, and this is something that I try to explain sometimes uh, to some persons, and I'm like, and they are like, it's all about the music. And I'm like, I feel that it's more about self-exploration for me. It's about challenges. I used to think that I wanted to do like a masterpiece, for example, you know, like my that I that my life it's kind of like the quest for a masterpiece or the perfect music. Mm-hmm. And with all this topic of imperfection and everything going on, you know, yeah. like um, and recently I've been just accepting that it's kind of like a journal of explorations. So it's about when I end something and I feel that it's done. I don't let it sit there because I know that I'm going to change and I'm like already thinking about I want to do next, you know. Recently it has become a little bit about like um, finding something that I want to explore and try to make it, you know. Do you feel, I mean, as though, I know you mentioned earlier, you're like, I think my music is less chaotic than I am. As your music changes, like, mm-hmm. does that does that chaos within you change? It's funny because when I am making an album, I become very disciplined and very focused and everything. So maybe, like, that is kind of like the changing of the chaos. But I feel that I, I will always be very chaotic. Like, I will always be very uh, forgetful. I mean, For, um, does the music help you? help you remember a little bit like that's your concrete thing that you maybe have, yeah, right? yeah 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 definitely yeah do you feel like though the way that your music is is open and then susceptible to influence and change and all of these things does yeah. that feel reflective to you of, of yes. who you are yes yeah. and especially with people okay so the city is a like a macro thing that affects me but the people that are close to me that I admire musically or that I feel that are connected to me somehow when they tell me something about my music it just stays in my head and I'm like yeah there's always doubts definitely Mm -hmm. in every part of the process I think and for you I mean the way that you perform there's never anything set really like there's never anything that's for sure or a hundred percent like you know that this is going to happen a doubt has to always be a part of it lately Playing with other people has that has changed my role a little bit because I'm kind of like holding some kind of like parts of the song, putting them together, you know, like playing the melody or the same, the cello that is in the recording. Like sometimes I have to really do that, you know, and playing with other people ha- kind of restrain me in a way. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like the the doubt is always about what are they going to do or what can I do mm-hmm. that can change it a little bit, but at the same time doesn't confuse all of these people that are mm-hmm. relying on my on me playing this note, you mm-hmm. know. go back and play in Guatemala? I always try to go. It's hard, uh, but every time that I can, I can. Like, I, I I, will. So this year I will, 
last year I went, the previous year I, I went, but I really want to go with the full band, you know, that's my dream right now. And what is that like, playing there now? Oh, it's very nostalgic. Every time that I go to Guatemala, something in my heart, I don't know, I just like want to cry all the time, you know, because it's very, like, it's a lot of memories and seeing all these people from my past or like there's new people as well because there there's younger generations that find out about the music and they mm -hmm. come to see, see me play mm -hmm. and it's always nice always nice yeah. yeah how does a show there compare to a show here what is it what is i feel the energy of people is kind of similar you know like there's a listening there's a lot of listening going on uh, attentive listening Is there anything that changes for you sonically when you're there in terms of like those moments of discomfort that we were talking about? Like, are you willing to let them last as long or use them as much when you're playing in Guatemala as you are here in the city? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I was talking with a friend recently about my resources and my accessibility to information. Even if we are connected to the internet, it's all about like who gives you the keyword, you know, or how, how do you explore and find your sounds and everything. And I feel that being in the same space and other people gives you more keywords or fastens your way towards the sounds that you want to reach or yeah. sounds that sparkle your curiosity. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was very slow in Guatemala. This, like, I had, yeah, like, I knew some stuff. So coming back and... Playing this makes me feel that I really want to share these sounds as well, mm. you know, like I want to mm. share it. Someone really feels connected with that as well. It makes me, yeah. it would make me feel very excited, you know. Yeah. And it's like you got to leave and come to this place with all this global influence and collect all of these keywords. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then you get to go back and share that. Yeah. I love, I love to do that, even though I don't want to be like a, Apostle, or mm -hmm. you know, like a, I don't, mm -hmm. you, you, I cannot say any, but you always find someone to uh, using my my Christian terms, I'm using my Christian, um, <laughs> a missionary. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, I feel that uh, it's something that I like, and I really want to see that someone that likes it mm -hmm. over there, you know, as well, yeah. you know, like yeah. because I really want to, I always want to see, for example, one of my dreams that it's so very abstract, hasn't happened. I don't know if it will happen, but it's going to Guatemala and create an ensemble with people like kids from the conservatory and, mm. you know, like play some crazy stuff and, mm -hmm. you know, like make a concert and stuff. But mm -hmm. there's always people that are interested at, that they don't know that they were interested, you know? last show did your family go no 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 my sister went your sister yeah yeah yeah, yeah. my sister and my cousin okay yeah my sisters are very like they really yeah. like it but my parents are yeah getting used to the idea yeah yeah one of the things that 
I was talking about with my editor, by the way, a lot of people on my team are big fans of your music. Um, But I was talking to her about this and we were like, yeah, the, the electronic experimental space is very white European male dominated both Mm -hmm. the performance of it the coverage of it all of it is that something that you have felt I feel that I'm in a particularly in this time and in the music that I'm making I feel the community is very thoughtful of this like I haven't felt a constraint in a personal level Sometimes I fight with sound engineers in shows because I feel that they are not taking me for real. But Mm -hmm. that is maybe like I always have like this stereotype, Mm -hmm. you know. But in between musicians, I haven't felt that constraint. And I felt, I feel that other musical musician uh, women that I know feel the same, you know. Like I feel that there's a very, like a very warm community, you know. Yeah. Yeah. In, in In this city specifically. In this city, but I've also I also could say in my experience that I've had outside the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has the city changed a lot since you got here? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe you have seen that. Like in the, it became like the hot topic, uh, and I think it's still something that is in conversation or so around here, like how to approach extreme gentrification. But yeah, I feel that ha- that has happened. The prices definitely have gone up. Gone up, sorry. But yeah, like I feel that right now, I don't know why I feel extremely alive very very alive and I think that has to do a little bit with that as well like the so yeah so the city has been changing demographically like so many people coming here it has become very popular and everything so in one hand there's like this issue of prices going up a lot but on the other hand there's like a lot of life you know like I've seen so many events happening and so many people wanting to know what's going on artistically you know Mm -hmm. like I feel that that is very beautiful and and it's good for artists as well you know so um the city definitely has changed it feels very 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 alive Mm -hmm. Guatemala there's basically no intention to create public spaces for any kind of expression you know it's very like very limited and yeah you cannot walk to places Mm -hmm. like there's this idea that you're going to be robbed Mm -hmm. um it's very sad when I go there. It's seeing like the infrastructure in that way. It's always for me like oh, I want this to change. Like I very, get very frustrated, mm-hmm. but still, it's very beautiful. But yeah, extremely more silent than here. Yeah. Less moving. Let's let's alive. Yeah, less alive. Well, alive, but maybe in a different way. In churches. <laughs> <laughs> Cosas que amas 
Felix, you know what I find really interesting? I actually went wine tasting with some friends yesterday. We were all in the car and the radio didn't work. And for whatever reason, it was like the right kind of environment and the right kind of energy where people felt comfortable enough where we literally sang almost the entire hour and a half drive there. Like no radio, nothing to keep us entertained. So we literally just sang. And I think about this because I feel like being willing to like be unashamed unapologetic about just experimenting with music tends to be so context dependent and an artist like Mabe it's like she's able to do it no matter where she's at it's really interesting to me she has the confidence and the ability to just put herself out there in whatever scenario she finds herself in and I like the idea that it changes every time based on location based on who she's playing with and just based on the fact that Her music is constantly, constantly changed and improvised. Even in Guatemala, where it felt harder to be able to put herself out there musically, she was still able to do it. And I think that because she had to learn in that kind of space where she was more limited, coming to Mexico City just opened her up like nothing could. Because Mexico City, it's like, that's where people come to make music. And so for her, it's like it flourished, you know? It's like she all of a sudden had unlimited access to tools and people that would allow her to experiment in just bigger and larger ways. It's really incredible. Once again, we're catching an artist in the process of development. I can't wait to see what comes ahead for her. And I know what's going to happen next. We have to read her credits. You've been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. Our editor is Hazel Sills, and the woman who keeps the trains running on time is Grace Chubb. Our audio producer for this episode is Robin Hilton, and our production assistant is Sophia Seidel. Jefe de los Jefes, Keith Jenkins, VP of Music and Visuals here at NPR. I'm Felix Contreras. And I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Thank you for listening. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. Listen to Embedded for moments that stay with you. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Voices that resonate. <laughs> stories that change the way you think about your life. How how did we get here? The Embedded Podcast is NPR's home for original documentary series. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing. Like, not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop. (laughs) Dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.